0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's
1: definitely not a problem.
0: Uh, Reese's, you did it.
1: You stumped this charming devil. Well, it is summertime, and we're moving at a little bit more leisurely pace, shall we say. So, yes, NBA Summer League did end, eh, like three weeks ago? <laughs> something like
2: that. But... Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, nothing of significance whatsoever has happened in the NBA since then. (laughs) So we can still talk about it like it's recent
1: news. Yeah, exactly. And for me, I was only able to go for two days this year. Uh, How long did you uh, end up uh, doing your penance in Vegas?
2: I was there for a week. Yeah. And I actually paced myself well enough that it was like, it was okay. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, just itching to leave by day three because I didn't, I didn't over overdo it right out of the shoot, so uh, yeah, it was a good trip for me.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I, so I I got put in health and safety protocols afterwards. That wasn't <laughs> a, yeah, quite your quite your trip as good had some hi-
2: had some highs and lows. Uh, the uh, the Thai place was a high though.
1: Yes, yes, that was good. Yeah, Lamai. L- it's the partner was telling us that it's better than Lotus of Siam. I thought. Some things were better, some things weren't quite as good. The, the crispy shrimp maybe was, like, just a slight rung below. There's some other things that were better. Certainly really enjoyed that meal. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I was going to get COVID at some point, so uh, got it out of the way. So, we, And uh, we're on to Cincinnati. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Part of the reason also why we waited this long, though, is especially because I was only there for two days. It just takes a long time to catch up on everyone. My goal, Danny and I did the, these pods for Dunked On Prime. I think we ended up doing four pods total. But I tried to watch some film of every single significant player who's you know at least like on a guaranteed contract for this year. And you wrote your huge summer league piece uh, as well, and you were there for a long time. So what we're gonna do here is go through and just. Talk about some categories from Summer League. It will get, I'm sure, through that to all the major players. But I I think this will be an interesting way to try to get some significance out of this. Some guys show up and, you know, Isaiah Stewart. I wasn't exactly, like, changing my opinion of him because he made a few jumpers from the outside playing the four uh, as a third-year guy for two games. We've seen him at the NBA level for two full seasons now. But especially for the rookies, it's always – I actually – this might sound crazy, John – I would probably prefer to watch like a good summer league game. Your mileage may vary and what good means there than mm-hmm. just your average regular season NBA game.
2: Wow. Um yeah, I I don't know if I can get there. Um <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, especially summer league has, sliced... has
2: some advantages like you're sitting right next to the court you're seeing a lot of players you don't usually get to see so you're you collect more information from a given summer league game probably than you do from a given regular season game because
1: yeah, that was, that's you, my theory you're
2: yeah. dealing with known quantities when you're watching a, a january nba game most of the time
1: yeah and particularly because you know honestly uh i mean i'm not saying that teams are trying to win necessarily in summer league but you know it, it just I don't like to, oh, the NBA regular season games matter. Like, do they (laughs) at this point? Uh, I mean, they do, obviously, for some teams. But for the, I mean, the games that I enjoy watching the most during the season are the ones between the best teams at full strength when they're really trying to try to glean some information of what these teams are going to look like for the playoffs. And those games are becoming fewer and further between over the last five, six years or so. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So this will be this is a good one to start with here. Two components to this. Uh, this category is best rookie, and component one is who do you think will be the best rookie on the floor to help his team win basketball games this season?
2: Okay. When you when you proposed this question to me as we were setting up the show, I thought this meant who is the best rookie at summer league?
1: Oh, oh, like like who just played the best? Yeah, yeah. uh, all right, Well, let's start with that. Let's start with that.
2: Uh, I thought Benedict Matherin was awesome. I thought he played fantastic. Uh, I, I think Indiana's got to be really excited about where they got him and getting a starting caliber wing, uh, which is just so hard to find it at any point uh, in the in the draft. I, I, he's athletic. He can shoot. Uh, there's still, I think, some upside for him as far as improving his ball handling and decision-making. I just think there's a lot there to build on.
1: So I, I think that's a, a really good pick there. Um, you know... It, so let me ask you this. What about Matherin was different than what you were anticipating based on having scouted him?
2: I thought he was able to play at a higher level of usage than he showed at Arizona, I guess. Like he was just, hmm. he was so much more uh, involved offensively. And we'll see how much that carries over to, to real regular season basketball. But I, 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 I just felt him a lot more. Like he would float in and out of games, I felt like at Arizona. And that was the one thing I was a little worried about him. And his his motor was on the whole time at summer league.
1: Yeah, I think the things that I liked about him compared to what I was obviously a shot went in, and he showed a versatility to his jump shot, even with like some step backs. Uh, I thought he was the way he was able to get separation for the jumper off the dribble was impressive. And then you know he wasn't exactly a great passer out of pick and roll, but I thought he was able to show a little bit more advancement in terms of the handle getting to his spots one of the knocks on him was he didn't really have great in-between game he but at at this level he wasn't really required to do that uh, as well and I thought defensively he competed pretty well getting over screens like I think he could be a plus there uh the one thing which I don't want to say it's a disappointment because I felt this going in was you know he's not really going to be able to be a three I don't think, like, he's not going to be able to guard that position, which is, you know, since Indiana has, like, a million guards but no threes, that's a, a little disappointing. Like, if, if he were, like, you know, able to also guard the three, like, then you would really, really have something. But Are I, you I saying mean, certainly just, he's, si- yeah.
2: just size-wise he's just a little too small? Is that what you're saying?
1: I think so, yeah. I mean, just seeing him out there, too, he just doesn't look like he has that type of size. And, like, I mean, maybe if he just got, like, crazy strong, it would be possible. But, yeah, I'm I'm not really sure uh, that that's going to be in the cards for him. But, certainly, I mean, to get a player who looked that good at six, you got to be pretty happy. Um, So, so he was the guy, just in terms of, like, all right, which of these rookies had the best summer league? He's the answer to that question for you. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and, and... you know, he was really high usage, like over a 30 PR. Like that, that was definitely pretty exciting. Um, you know, Paolo has to be in there for me too. Yes. Uh, I would say. And, and I think if I were going to, he would probably be my early favorite for who's going to have the best season this year, particularly because I thought the way that they used him augured that they're just going to put the ball in his hands and that they're going to put the ball in his hands in a way that you know, really makes sense for him running pick and roll, with smaller players, like pushing in, in transition, uh, you know, not necessarily using him as just like a pure isolation scoring for like, they're not going to use him like Carmelo Anthony. They're going to actually like let him attack off the dribble. And, and that was, that was exciting. And then I also felt like he showed, you know, I thought he had it in him, but I thought, Uh, Given it, particularly the offensive role he had on, I thought he showed more defensively, at least moving his feet, had a couple of big shot blocks. uh, So I don't think he's going to be some huge plus there. But, you know, he showed enough to me that I think. In time, he can get to be, you know, totally fine defensive four, if not like an impact defender or anything.
2: Yeah, I actually think he's going to be fine as a four. He's not, I don't think he's going to be able to play five. I think his arms are a little short. He's not really a rim protector. But he's going to be able to move his his feet and be more or less fine as a... As a four, you know, will guys get him on switches sometimes on smaller, smaller players. Yeah, sure, but uh, I think he's basically going to be fine. Seems to have like decent hand slash instincts, so I I don't think he's going to be a wart on that end. Let's put it that way. And then what what you the reason the whole reason you drafted him where where you did is to get that offensive capability where he can score he can be a facilitator he showed a lot of that at Duke
1: that's part of what, what my thinking of just him and also he only played two games at's hardly two but Uh, My thinking of why I think he's going to be important for them is just because like he's the only guy in this team who can really create much unless you're going to consider like Cole Anthony a high level creator. So I think they really are going to try to uh, find a way to get him the ball uh, and let him be the guy who you know he's he's already easily the best passer on the team yeah I would say at least in terms of his impact like Fultz is a good passer but he doesn't he can't score enough to really draw the defense to utilize it so yeah uh yeah I think we're gonna see a lot there
2: yeah you just hope there aren't uh five defenders waiting inside the charge circle with this team
1: uh yeah it's a it's a slight concern it's a slight concern anything that surprised you about Paulo? I wouldn't say surprised as much as
2: I think he just operated on the high side of where my expectations were with him uh, offensively. So it, it wasn't... I'd say it was like... What I would have described as maybe a 75th percentile outcome for what I thought coming in. So Hmm. I I wouldn't say he surprised me, but he maybe exceeded where I thought he'd be a little bit.
1: Yeah, I would say he was about where I expected him to be. I just didn't think they were going to use him the way they did of like actually letting him run, pick and roll against smaller guys. I think that's where he's most effective. And I do think after these two games, like people are maybe getting a little over their, their skis. Uh, on how good he's going to be because i'm not sure and the isolation numbers in summer league even those two games were very poor i'm not sure that he can beat guys his size and i'm also actually not sure at this point at least that he can beat centers switching on to him if you run a, a conventional pick and roll uh you know i think that's going to devolve into a contested jumper and he's not an elite jump shooter that right that now. was
2: yeah that was one of the things with with him like really watching him warm up before games at Duke was that the jumper was a little inconsistent, a little flat. Um, like like his his form would like change a little bit. Um, it felt like from game to game too. Um, but it d- definitely came out a little flat too. So that's an area where he's going to need to improve.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see him also develop a little bit more like jump hook game in the post because like he's got this step through move now, but he doesn't really have much else if like guys don't go for the pump fake and he can't step through so he's got to actually make the shot that he would take while pump faking like he's got to add that i I think more reliably but certainly uh, very much uh, i was very high on paul coming in uh you know had him in my top tier uh, along with sharp who sadly we're not really gonna be able to talk about uh, much i know i'm out speaking of out over their skis you know that could be me with sharp i guess we'll see (laughs) And you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. So if you had to now... And maybe this hasn't changed at all from your pre-draft evaluation. But if you had to say, all right, who, which of these guys, at least of the ones that we saw play uh, any kind of significant minutes, is going to have the best career, who's your answer right now among the rookies?
2: So I had Jabari one coming in. Uh, I still have a lot of belief in what he can be. But I would be more persuadable on the Bancaro question, who I had at number two, uh, that, that he might end up having a better career than Jabari. Uh, just because uh, Jabari offensively, like the shot creation piece, you, you just don't know if that part's going to come around. I like all the yeah. other tools. but uh, And defensively, I, I think he can be really, really good. But, the, I mean, today's NBA, like there has to be some level of shot creation. And for him, it's just not there yet.
1: Yeah, I think... I actually, I I mean, for me, I I wouldn't say he was, we're going to talk most disappointing player later. He was a little bit close to that category for me, but I was lower on him than some. I think I had him fifth on my board. And obviously the shot creation was the number one thing I was concerned about. But the other thing is I didn't think his jumper looked that good. I think he was 7 out of 27 from three shot, looked very flat. Uh, You know, it wasn't, it it just didn't look as pure and easy. It looked kind of rickety. Uh, compared to what we saw at Auburn and maybe that's just an aberration and then getting into my head because he shot it poorly his mid-range shooting was also pretty bad uh, as well and you know the shot quality wasn't amazing but even when he was open I thought this was not I was expecting him to just have like this awesome jumper shooting what was it 44% for or 42% for three or something yeah at Auburn is definitely in the 40s so Um, yeah, I mean, defensively for Jabari, I, I still am more along the lines of, I think he's going to be a solid, good defender within a system who can switch, but not necessarily an impact guy. I think that has a lot of value if you have the other right guys around him, you know, kind of similar to like the way Marcus Smart and Klay Thompson have been where, and well, Smart makes more plays off the ball too, but like Klay wasn't like this huge impact defender like as a help defender but just because he could switch on to guys that just enables you to play this system that you couldn't with other two guards and i think you know maybe jabari has some possibility of guarding one through five um but i also don't know if he's gonna be like some amazing playmaker defensively either particularly because i'm kind of just overall down on his feel for the game mm-hmm. so yeah. out of, but, but you said you're like really impressed by his defense would you do you feel differently from than what i was saying
2: I think your I think your description is apt because one of the things I mean, one of the things that never showed up in him statistically was the, the defensive quote unquote playmaking aspect of like right. he wasn't a big stocks guy. Uh so it's more being solid, being able to switch and just being a kind of a force multiplier for your whole defense.
1: Yeah, and he's I mean the one thing that I saw in person even more so on the film than he's huge. Like he is absolutely enormous and can move his feet really well laterally at that size so i i wonder maybe if he could play some center down the road and then and, and if he could really shoot it and switch and play center then you know you probably do really have something even if maybe that guy is not necessarily a, a high-end creator um who changed your opinion? i'm sure we'll have multiple players here but guys who changed your opinion the most in that you came away feeling much better about them after the summer than before.
2: Okay. So I already mentioned Benedict Matherin, who I already I had him number yeah. five on my board to begin with. So he, you right. know, <laughs> how high was he really going to push things up? Uh, I thought Jalen Duran looked like a starting center. I, I thought he looked fantastic.
1: I, I oh, was yeah, really... At this moment already, huh?
2: Yeah, I, I was really impressed with him. I just thought he had a uh, an, an ability to uh, defend the rim, run the rim, pass off the, uh, the, you know, make reads to pass off a short roll or whatever. I thought there was a lot to like there. I, I was really impressed with him. I thought he was much further, like, I... I knew he had these tools. I guess he felt further along than I expected and more refined in how he used some of those tools. He still needs to rebound more. I thought he was a disappointment on the glass, but for a guy they took uh, at 12 and was seen as like a little bit projecty. like, yeah, I thought he looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, this is Jalen Williams.
2: Uh, I'm sorry. No, Jalen Dern. It was not 12. Oh, Jalen Duran, uh, 13, 13, Pistons, yeah, 13. Okay, sorry. Yeah, my bad. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the uh, the, the Jalen, uh, I got lost there for a second. Yeah, you know, Dur I mean, his athleticism seeing in person in, in that Portland game was pretty mind-blowing, some of the blocks uh, that he can get. And, you know, I do think, like, he looks like a specimen, but I do think there are some ways, just physically, where improving his balance, core strength, like, he almost would generate so much force that he would just get himself off balance on some of these spin moves. And his recognition is going to have to improve. The Pistons actually did a lot of switching, which I thought was a a potentially interesting deployment. They're playing him with Isaiah Stewart. And he's going to have to, if the, he is going to be used that way, he's going to have to get more experience as far as like, all right, if I'm switched onto a smaller player, when do I help? When do I close out that type of stuff? But I mean, he's super young. He's 18 still. So yeah, I mean, that, that was one where as you compare, he was going to be compared to Mark Williams for a while. I thought he certainly was, was more impressive. Um, go with the second year guy here. Uh, and from the summer league champion Portland trailblazers, I thought Keon Johnson really showed a okay. lot more than his rookie season
2: okay i didn't get as long a look at him uh from the people i talked to with summer league uh that that you were not the only person who had that impression and Good. yeah yeah uh so
1: you, you I'm, didn't I'm, talk to david Kahn at summer league did you
2: <laughs> no i did not was he was he there were you were you uh rapping with him <laughs>
1: Okay, I just wanted to make sure the people you're talking to are actually you know, reputable, reputable <laughs> qualified people. Qualified people,
2: yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, so Keon Johnson, I thought defensively looked pretty good in that championship game against the the Knicks. He was re- really did a great job on Quentin Grimes. I thought at times and was doing a good job of getting skinny over screens, pressuring up on the perimeter, denying on the perimeter. So I, I thought that looked good. I thought his jump shot, he was taking some pretty difficult ones, but it's actually starting to look just fine mechanically. And I think he was in the 33% range, but on a lot of off the dribble shots, some pretty difficult ones So that looked like it's coming along. And his ball handling, he played a lot of you know point guard or, or two guard with the ball. I thought he actually made some really nice passes out of pick and roll. And, you know, we didn't see the absolute crazy athleticism in, like, dunks because he's still more of a two-foot leaper, but I thought he showed some ability to get to spots, you know, still turned it over a ton, which you expect for a guy like that, getting more on-ball reps in this setting, but I, he was kind of the linchpin of that trade that they made with the Clippers in addition to saving some money. And I think a lot of people are like, how do you not get a future pick or something like that? Well, number one, the Clippers don't have that pick it. Number two, Norman Powell's contract isn't like amazing. And number three, I think they valued Keon Johnson at that type of a level. And I I thought he paid off to the point where, all right, maybe he can actually contribute on the big team as soon as this year now. So I I thought that was impressive. Anyone else that stood out to you where you're like, oh, I'm I'm higher on this guy now after summer?
2: Keegan Murray. can, Can we talk about him?
1: Yeah, I I did not have him on my list there because I actually this was not like a shocking performance. I was pretty high. Yeah, for I me, mean he's
2: least. he's just a, a three level bucket, um, and he he showed that the whole summer league. I thought that was that was really impressive. Um,
1: yeah, he certainly was at the higher end of his the range that I thought he would be at. Yeah, but but I mean I, I thought this this was certainly within the realm of possibility. Uh,
2: Santi Aldama from
1: Memphis. Yes, he was on my list as well.
2: Okay, yeah, I thought he had a really nice summer league. I still, like, positionally, I still don't know exactly what he is, but... I think He's, there's going to be. He is a playing
1: l- next to Jaron Jackson Jr. is what he is defensively.
2: <laughs> well, he can't do that for half a season, unfortunately. So sadly, but yes. The but the Blazers fast. have a bunch of young fours. They have no Kyle Gri- Grizzlies, Anderson. Grizzlies, you mean? Uh, Grizzlies. Goodness gracious, how many yeah. of these am I going to screw up today? Um, hey, hey,
1: it's uh, it's summertime. It's summer league. It, this is this is the danger podcast. of doing this podcast yeah. summer league i'm throwing
2: the ball all over the gym yeah um, well
1: that's the danger of waiting a couple of weeks to do this right
2: yeah so yeah portland's uh i said portland again look at this uh i was just in portland i got portland on the brain airport carpet stuck in my head uh memphis has no jaron jackson jr for probably half the season and no kyle anderson anymore so they have all these Young guys battling for probably minutes at the four. When you look at two first rounders, Jake Laravia and David Roddy. When you look at Santi Aldama, you've got Killian Tilly coming from last year. Zaire Williams could maybe play some four. Maybe Brandon Clark fits in there too. There's there's just a lot of guys fighting for that time now. I thought Aldama looked the best of that bunch in in summer league. Uh, he's not he's not really a three point shooter. He's a little skinny, uh, but he's. He's got a pretty decent feel for scoring in the painted area, even though he's not strong. It's kind of like extreme discount Pau Gasol, I guess.
1: He, um, he did get he did get stronger though. I thought I thought he got to the point where that wasn't just like killing him anymore the way it was last year.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I I mean, he was he was their best player there. I thought, which which I would have never bet on coming into that.
1: The three-pointer looked really good for him as well as a stretch guy. And he's just he's got a lot of skills. He can attack off the dribble, make the right decision. You know, he, he can work out of the DHO game and do some fake keepers. He's got that nice touch around the basket. So, offensively, I think he could be a quality option maybe as soon as this year if the ball continues to go in for him. And then, you know, defensively, he's not he's going to get blown by sometimes on closeouts and he can't really protect the rim at the level of a center. Like he's really probably a four defensively. But I also thought like when guys would try to blow by him, he could give ground and, you know, they try to go into him and and he could bother their shots at the rim. Like he wasn't, he wasn't totally hopeless. Like, you know, he's not like Davis Bertans. Like, I mean, at least at this (laughs) level. Um, Yeah. So, so he was on my list as well. Um, I can add, this isn't a guy that I watched a ton of film on, Uh, before the draft but i think uh jalen williams and there's only one jalen williams that we're talking about here by the way uh number 12 pick for okc i thought he flashed some all-star potential in the summer yeah
2: he's a he's a nice looking player he could do a lot of different things uh i think i mean i think he probably turns out more to be solid than superstar but it's a because he
1: is 21 already too i mean that that's got to be part of his but
2: that's looking like a nice pick for uh okc
1: um, you know, the two things that I was impressed by with him, it, kind of his reputation was that he didn't really defend that well in the perimeter. Cause when I first was reading about him, like, Ooh, man, seven, two wingspan. Like, can this guy like really guard? Like, is that the appeal that he's kind of more of a three and D guy? And then you get into it more and it's like, nah, I actually didn't really guard that well in college was the consensus, but man, he can shoot and he can play out a pick and roll and, and he can attack off the dribble and get to the rim. And all those things were true. Uh, but I did think his defensive effort was pretty good, and he's got that 72 2 wingspan. And then his explosion around the basket, like, off of two feet for this player type is kind of like a shooting guard. He's just, like, going up and, like, dunking off two feet off vert underneath on, like, these little dump-offs and stuff. Like, that, that was pretty impressive to me as well. So I, th- I think he projects as a guy who really can be, like, an incredibly well-rounded player, play on or off the ball – with some of the other playmakers that they have, and defend his position pretty well. Like he's got pretty decent strength and that crazy wingspan. So we'll see how good he can get defensively. But I just was really, really impressed by him. Um, anyone else you wanted to hit on who you were your higher on after this? I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of guys, but anyone else really stand out? Uh,
2: I'm not. I'm not sure there's anyone who is like so unreal that I need to highlight them at this moment.
1: Yeah. Uh, I thought Jaden Ivey was a little bit better than I thought he would be, although he only played a game and a half. Uh, you know, he just looked a little bit more comfortable uh, attacking and pick and roll, a little bit more comfortable, I'd, comfortable I'd, with I'd the jump with shot that. Uh, th- than I thought. But again, that was only a game and a half. Uh, not definitely not like Paolo, where he played a whole two game. It's
2: totally different. <laughs> exactly, Complete uh, completely different sample size.
0: Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then. There are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amika Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amika, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amika,
1: empathy is our best policy. Okay, most disappointing player.
2: Uh, It's got to be Johnny Davis.
1: Well, were you expecting more from him?
2: Okay, so I was down on him coming into the draft, but I—I st- I mean, I still had him in my top thirty. I, he was—I mean, I don't <laughs> know what happened. What did
1: you—you you had him in your top thirty? What did you have him at? I had him 29th, I think. Okay, I don't think you could—I don't think you could call him most disappointing. You, you're disappointed in him for 29th? I—I I,
2: I thought his summer league was worse than I expected. Um, so oh, this yeah. is somebody—somebody somebody that I actually liked that had a disappointing summer league. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, EJ Liddell, even before he hurt his knee, uh, for New Orleans, I mean that was like was a game, like half That was yeah. half a game, he, right? He had no, no, no. It was a little more than that, and he uh, okay. he he hadn't done a whole lot. Uh, boy,
1: well, j- Jabari would be on that list for me. Although I, again, I was he wasn't someone that I loved, but I I thought like he was, uh, you know, j- especially because it was the things that I was worried about with him that were issues. Um, Right,
2: right. I can see that.
1: I've got another one for you. I mean, this is, again, I didn't watch as much of these guys. You know, I I didn't get down to my 29th ranked player the way some of us did, but. Uh, you know, you watch film. Like wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. You're the guy who watched film of every player in summer league, right?
1: Well, yeah, but but I'm saying like I, in terms of my expectations beforehand, like to be disappointed, oh. you have to have expectations beforehand. So oh, I only okay. watch. I mean, that's part of why I watch so much, is because I didn't have a good handle on most of these guys before the draft. Um but in terms of a guy who I you know so I, I'm kind of pricing in just like what these guys were supposed to be. Yeah. And uh although this guy actually looked a little better offensively in terms of his shot than I expected, Marjan Beauchamp, I just didn't see the defensive athleticism like he was supposed to be like this amazing stopper and playmaker and he's got good length but he doesn't really have much pop I didn't think he has like elite quickness so I was hoping to see a guy who at least like physically had all defensive potential and I just didn't see that for him in his time with the Bucks.
2: I didn't really get it I I had him 41st on my board I, like I just yeah. I just didn't understand from what I saw in the G League last year I just I just didn't understand where people had him as a you know top twenty type pick. I, I, I just struggled with that one. Um, you know, another guy that I was pretty high on that, uh, Blake Wesley, um, who I like, I think he just had, like, he has a breakdown first step and I love that, but everything that happens after that first step right now is still kind of a mess. Uh, and, you know, he's a smaller p- smaller guard, so can he really play the point, or is he going to be an undersized two? Like, I-, I guess I came away with more questions on him.
1: That's interesting, actually, uh, because I had n- no knowledge of him whatsoever, and I know he had, like, a rough summer league in terms of statistics. He actually had 14 shots blocked in summer league, which is a crazy yeah. number. Yeah. I mean, I- but I agree with you on the first step. And the other thing I thought his jumper looked totally fine to me. Like, I think he's going to be a guy who can shoot the ball off the pick and roll. And then his passing, I thought was really good. I thought he did a really nice job of finding shooters. Like, yeah, he could use that first step to get into trouble around the rim and probably should kick out some of these shots that he was getting blocked, but he's still pretty young. Uh, and I just, I just thought he had the juice. Like he's got, like, maybe he never, you know, really gets to his potential, but I actually, you know, Danny and I were talking about, like, who are those three Spurs guards do you like the best going forward? I actually like Wesley the best out of him, him, Primo, and Brandon. I Actually, all those guys I think are solid. But uh, I just think he's just got a, enough there where I think he might actually be able to play some point guard with his passing. I, and I, I I was just impressed by the flashes. Like, clearly there's a lot to go there. But I, I thought he was a guy, maybe just because I'm new to him, uh, right. you know, I haven't had a chance to go through the cycle yet of like really liking all these things that I just discovered. And then to see him not actually produce amazingly well in summer league, then you're disappointed. You know, so maybe I'm just in a different part of the, the Blake less Wesley cycle than you are.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe I had Wesley 11th on my board. So yeah. I'm, I'm coming from that perspective. Like I, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, pretty, and, and I, I would actually,
1: he'll show up in a category later for me. All right. How about this category? I nailed this one. Who is the guy who, you're like, yeah? I, my evaluation of this guy pre-drafts looking pretty good.
2: Okay, I I have four players here. Okay, the first one is Johnny Davis, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I took a lot of shit for having him so low. Um, he still has a chance to be like a Gary Harris type player. Uh, but when you're talking about a, a guy of his size who's not a point guard and is not really a knockdown shooter, I think you've already like eliminated so many things that it's just, it's just hard. Um, yeah,
1: I, I mean, it's just with him, it's like you have to be so good to play the way that he wants to play in the nba and he's just not that little boy he doesn't have the athleticism the size like he kind of even when he was 52 percent true shooting at wisconsin like he's kind of we've seen a lot of guys who score like this in college just not be able to translate it particularly if they're you know two guard size instead of threes who you know guys are like all right i'm gonna lower my head i'm gonna be really determined i'm basically gonna kind of bash my head against the wall and fight my way into the lane and fight up a shot and like i'll probably get fouled some because it's college and you know uh, maybe shoot some difficult fadeaways and and but like you just he couldn't play that way even against summer league athletes not to mention nba yeah. and he's not a, a, an amazing spot up shooter and so like all right he he competed defensively but it, i wouldn't put him on the level of like gary harris as a playmaker or an athlete or actually a, as a shooter at least when gary harris was coming out so uh yeah i i mean i'm kind of i'm just like what like what role does this guy play i'm I'm completely flummoxed by yeah. that because he's just not good enough to play the way that he wants to play he's gonna have to completely rework his game and you know maybe he can do that but that's not that's not where you want a guy to be that you just drafted number 10
2: exactly and when i made the gary harris comparison what i meant more was if everything turns out totally right. like you know that at uh, the high end you're you're get you get gary harris out of it which is is not what you're hoping for from the 10th pick all right um Th- three guys, a couple guys on a more positive note, or at least one guy. Uh, so Tari Eason, uh, I would say, as long as everything is open court and helter skelter, he is totally fine. And he, he will be any kind of any kind of wild crazy NBA game that's back and forth, he is going to absolutely thrive in. Yeah. Well um, he's on
1: the right team for that.
2: And he's on the right team for that. And uh when, when structure happens, uh that's that's probably when, when I check out on him. But uh yeah. he can he can do all the all the open court, you know, he can he can defend, be a playmaker on that end. Uh yeah, there's a there's a lot of like positional flexibility. Athleticism uh, can do some stuff off the ball. The shot isn't totally broken, uh, so there's definitely some things to like there. But there's there are some rough edges to sand down too. So he's he's like a very summer league guy who looked exactly that part uh, for Houston. Yeah. Um,
1: well, and, and they're just like they're just gonna have to teach him to shoot. I mean that's and you know he, he could maybe drive a closeout to his right hand and go and go in and get some dunks or you know get some offensive rebounds or something like yeah. he, well, finding he, a place he de- on de- de- offense. Yeah. yeah, he definitely ain't driving into his left hand. No. Um, for me, uh I honestly I think the top four guys I feel very good at, about my evaluation of, of all those guys. Paulo, I, I thought was really good. Ch- Chet Holmgren at two, maybe we could talk about him a little bit more, but I was kind of you know, I think people were going a little bit too wild after his first summer league game when he's yes. being guarded by Taco Fall, who's you know probably not gonna keep up with him at the arc. Uh and after that, like, it, it kind of settled down to where he's probably going to be more of a, a play finisher offensively. And, you know, I thought the defense was solid. You know, I, I had him three on my board. I think I would I, – I feel pretty good about that. But I also feel pretty good about my assessment of, like, I don't know if this guy is, like, really a future superstar who's going to do much on the ball. Like, is he really going to, like – be facing up and attacking off the dribble in the half court. Like, is yeah. he going to be creating shots in the half court? Like, I, I, my answer to that, if I you had to ask me that question now, it'd be no. He's probably not going to be doing.
2: That. I, I would agree. I had him fourth. I had Jade and Ivy ahead of him. Yeah. So I, I feel pretty decent about that.
1: Yeah, uh, and then Jabari, I was lower on. He, he kind of confirmed my suspicions at least initially, and then uh, I was really high in Keegan Murray, and he shot it better maybe than I. Expected, although I thought it was possible, and you know, I'm still not sure about him as like any kind of a one on one creator, but I think he's gonna look awesome playing off the ball around Sabonis and Fox. And so, I I felt pretty good about all all four of those guys. And considering I only evaluated like eight or nine guys, I'll probably limit it to that.
2: (laughs) Okay.
1: Um, Anybody else you you wanted to hit on in this category?
2: Well, on more of the negative side, I would say uh, Jalen Williams with a Y from Oklahoma City. Um.
1: Uh, Yeah, can we just... Can we yeah, just let's move on. About him okay. The podcast until um, until we're we're joking about him helping Oklahoma City tank this year. He, yeah, he shot six, four five. of sixteen around the rim. I I, I I think we can move on. Okay. Uh, Usman Dang. Uh, that, that's a, That's a, So so that's on the negative side, huh?
2: Yeah, I was a kind of a skeptic of that pick, and I mean, it's hard to say for one summer league, right? But he just it, he lo- he looked the part of French Bruno at least. Uh to me. Well is that I, too harsh? where
1: I would say it's different though is I he's I think he can move his feet pretty well defensively. I think Bruno is like He's just like kind of trips over his own feet. Like he doesn't have that lateral movement. Um, and I think he's got a. I think he's going to make shots in time. Like at least as a standstill guy. Like I think his his jumper doesn't look totally broken to me. Would be would be my thought. But it maybe you disagree.
2: I, d- I don't think his jumper's totally broken. I just I just don't know what he I just don't know what he does that would cause you to draft him at number eleven.
1: Well, it, I'll try to defend the pick, although I, you know I'm not wowed by him necessarily. But you know, I obviously very young and raw. But I think at six ten. He moves his feet. I think he can actually is going to be a guy who can maybe even get over screens at six ten in a conventional pick and roll defense. And so, if you have that capability at that size, and I don't think he's going to be like some huge defensive playmaker, but I do think he could be a guy on the ball who could be a really solid option against bigger players. And if you have that capability and you're six ten and you're not just completely hopeless offensively, like he's not going to be a, a quality option, but he could hit an open shot and then maybe drive and make a decision or finish okay eventually like that's if if that works out like you just you take gambles on guys like that maybe not at number 11 and Trade three first round picks to do it. But when you already I, have the I next underst- pick, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I love the Jalen Williams picks. so I, I don't think yeah. I'm not going to say they should have taken Jang at twelve and not taken Jalen Williams. I like Jalen Williams better than Jang. but hmm. uh, so. But but I do kind of understand it, and they don't necessarily have that kind of guy. In there, they have so many guys. It's going to be fascinating for them in Houston, like how this is going to work out with all these young guys. But because uh, the process Sixers, they never like all their draft picks were hurt <laughs> and they also weren't yeah. drafting like four guys in, in these drafts. But, um, okay. So this may overlap a little bit. We'll try to avoid those, but like, who are some guys that you're kind you see, and you're kind of just worried about them. You're worried about whether this guy is going to be able to, uh, you know, first and second year guys, maybe even more sc- Tilting towards sucking you, but uh, where you're like, all right, this watching this kind of makes me think like, yeah, I don't know how this guy's career is, is going to go.
2: Let's see. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Statistically, Mark Williams wasn't that bad. Watching him eye test wise, it just felt like the game was flying right by him on both ends yeah and so it it just made me a little worried for him that way and how he fits in with the with the speed of the NBA game. Like he has he has tremendous length, but I think you know, and maybe it's just a thing that takes him a minute, uh, but figuring out how to apply it, I, I think is maybe a little bit of an issue.
1: Um, yeah, I mean he could make guys look bad around the rim. Um, and yeah, his finishing was a little bit of a disappointment for a guy who led the NCAA in dunks so yeah i mean he had some moments where he kind of looked like a stiff. like I, i'll agree with you on that i'm not worried about him yet i, I would say but there's there may be a, a few concerning things but uh, he'll look a lot better like their guard situation was not good like he'll look a lot better with Lamelo throwing him passive no
2: that's true they had they i mean they might have had some of the worst guard play at summer league uh, that charlotte yeah. team so that that was definitely a factor um another guy I'm probably more worried about would be jaden springer from philadelphia
1: yeah he was he was on my list too I mean, we don't need to even talk about him that much. Like, he just he can't do anything on offense, and he's just like you know a, a guard who's like kind of tough and can defend, but I don't think he's like some game changer. So, um, who else do you have?
2: Does he even make the team for them? Springer. Would they would they cut him? Look at their roster. They got don't they got sixteen right now? Am I did I imagine that?
1: Um, well, yeah, I think they got like three hundred thousand guaranteed for Trevlin' um,
2: Queen, and then Isaiah Joe is non guaranteed. So yeah, well, they, they if, do. The, yeah they, they would dump him
1: 60. they would dump him rather than cut him i think with their hard cap
2: oh yeah drop that two million for sure yeah yeah
1: yeah but i, I could see his, his third year option getting possibly declined we'll see though i mean daryl rarely misses on a draft pick like completely like this so
2: royce white would like a word
1: yeah uh, uh
2: that was a different kind of whiff though that was uh <laughs> that wasn't yeah. that wasn't based on on-court uh data Let's say
1: um, you know Johnny Davis was on this list for me. We don't need to rehash that. Uh, Kai Jones, like he he actually blocked a ton of shots, and he had these nuclear dunks around the rim at times. Yeah, but he just couldn't do anything else. Like the jumper looks so like he's a, he is a center. Like he tries to do this stuff facing the basket off the dribble it looks awful. He also can't move his feet at all defensively. So if you just think of him as he's basically like a pure. Dunking rim running center who can't switch at this point. And he's maybe too thin to be that type of player either. Like I was hoping, I think they drafted him thinking he would be a lot more mobile defensively. And I he was just getting yeah. blown by. Or or, you know, as soon as he takes the first step backwards, the guy pulls up and he's completely out of the screen. Um anyone else for you? You
2: know, I can't can't say I was excited about what Trey Mann did.
1: Yeah, he's an interesting one because he's just he gives you so little other than scoring I, he was a little better as a passer uh, I thought not necessarily in pick and roll but like finding cutters like he's he was better as a passer than he was with the big team but uh you know he struggled to hit shots like I think he can shoot better than he did. And he's got a little juice to, like, create shots. He's got some finishing at the rim. But you also kind of wonder, like, you know, certainly the fact that they drafted Jalen Williams is not good for him because Jalen Williams, I think, is way better than him.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Um, this was was the whole Oklahoma City being in bed with the University of Florida thing. mm -hmm. Uh, One more guy that I'm uh, worried about. uh, Josh Primo. Worried about
1: him? Huh. So explain why. I just... Like what did what did he do like I, he shot the ball really well yeah. he's a good shooter like his jumper looked really good i thought that's that's important right isn't that like an important skill in basketball did i miss that or yeah yeah
2: he made he made six of his 12 three pointers yes yeah uh and, and three of his 15 twos i don't know maybe that's too small but
1: i, I <laughs> well he was also being asked to play point guard which he's you know he he's an right. off ball player you know they, they they didn't have a pure point guard on their summer summer league roster i i mean i'm more sort of like He's, he's not really even though he's young i don't really see him as like a big upside guy but i think yeah. he's gonna be able to make shots and he's got like okay size like i think he'd be a rotation shooting guard at least um it's just like he's not got a ton of juice in the other areas so but i, I don't think he's gonna like be out of the league or something in years
2: i i i cannot write off that possibility
1: they they also seem very invested too um okay i, I yeah, guess we disagree yeah. on him
2: they'll, they'll they'll ride out the last two years of the contract clearly because they yeah. you know they took him with the 12th pick but
1: yeah. I, I mean um, if you're six five and you can make shots and like dribble okay which he can then it's, you're gonna have a career i think I okay uh okay couple others a, we can I'm briefly little, hit a, on here. Yeah, I'm a little Sorry, concerned. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm okay. a little concerned. All right, all right. Okay. We'll, we'll, we can revisit this at some point then. A yeah. uh, couple other guys I'll hit on very briefly. Yeah. Uh, rookies. Uh, Wendell Moore, I just was hoping to see much more from him defensively. And I don't, I don't think that he has enough juice on the offensive end to really have that be the basis of his career. Like I think he needs to play this kind of like rugged winning style uh, on defense. And I, I didn't watch that much film, but I kind of had this idea that he was, you know, someone who was going to really like get into you defensively and, you know, was going to be one of these guys who kind of, you know, does the little things that don't show up on the stat sheets. I didn't see that much for him. I thought his jumper actually looked better than expected, but that's, that's not what he's here to do other than just make open shots. And then, uh, Andrew Nembhard at number thirty-one for the Pacers. Just don't. Uh, other than some nice hit-ahead passing, and considering that he's what he's like twenty-three already, right? I think he spent. Five I think years, that's yeah. Four, I think that's right. In college, yeah. Yeah. so he, it's definitely at least twenty-two. Uh, you know, I, other than just some nice hit-ahead passing and like you know, kind of pushing tempo a little bit. I really saw very little to like about him. Like, not really a great shooter. Can't really score out of the pick and roll. I think even at this level defense he's he's under athletic he's got like good size for point guard but that's that only takes you so far so yeah i I like the other yeah
2: his best thing at gonzaga was the hit ahead passes but yeah the other stuff i i agree with you on uh he can score in the pick and roll as long as he's matched up against colin gillespie apparently uh murdered him at the g-league elite uh, i'm sorry at the combine and that was the main reason he moved up to 31 but i i thought that game was the outlier right i i just didn't I, i just didn't see it from florida or gonzaga his time there Another guy I'm maybe a little worried about, uh, a guy who I liked coming in, was Jake LaRavia from Memphis.
1: Yeah, that that would make sense. I mean, the guy who I compare him to offensively is Doug McDermott but he's got a little bit more, you know, he's not going to be the lowest blocks and steals player in NBA history on defense. He actually does a little bit of that. He'll stick his nose in there.
2: Yeah. I thought Um, he was a much different player than McDermott because I mean, LaRavia can shoot, but I don't think it's the basis of his game. I think he's much more active as like a cutter and doing stuff off the ball and off the elbows and stuff. Uh, Defensively, he looked very switchable at wake and, I thought he didn't quite pop for me the same way in Summer
1: League. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, it, his lack of explosion, I think, was, kind of, I mean, he, to me, he's going to be a guy who's operating at the three-point line, you know, and maybe he can drive a little bit or find a cut here and there. Uh, and I thought his jumper looked pretty good. I, I, I'm just basing it on Summer League. I didn't know anything about him really right. beforehand. But I, I do think the two things, and Danny made this point while on our show, with, with both Laravia and Roddy, those guys may or may not be able to play. Decent rotation roles and you might say, yeah, you know, 19 and 23, like, yeah, you get someone who can play, you've done your job. But like Memphis, they're trying to win a championship now. Like the time is now like they're good. They won 56 games last year. And it's just hard for me to see how those guys fit in. In the last three rounds of the playoffs, uh, with their game and, and uh, athleticism,
2: I think that's pro- probably a fair critique. Especially, I mean, since that, I mean, it cost
1: them De'Anthony Melton too. Right, right, and that, and Melton, I think you know, at least in some matchups, can play pretty well. There, one more guy I'll say I was a little worried about, not someone else that I knew. I thought Christian Braun was just a little bit too. Undersized to play the way that they want him to play in the role that I think they're going to want him to play. Like he really is kind of more of a two guard, and he's got Um, decent athleticism, but he's not going to like come in and dunk on you or anything. He's got short arms too, so I wonder about him switching on to really good players defensively. And I think you know he'll find some cuts off of Jokic and stuff. But I'm not sure he's an elite shooter either. No, that's
2: I mean his his shot is a little bit of a problem. I agree with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like if he had if he's a little bit better a shooter. Or had a little more size or length, I might feel better about him. But I kind of, especially with him being as old as he is, I kind of wonder about that in a little bit. All right, let's roll through some of the more of these rapid fire. We got like twenty minutes left here. Okay. Best defensive player you saw in summer league?
2: Uh, I mean, I guess I have to say Chet Holmgren, right?
1: Yeah, he and Eason among the rookies would be the two that stick out the most for me. It, yeah. It's interesting because like there are very few guys who just get drafted for their defense like you a lot of guys will evolve into being pretty good defenders that maybe you don't necessarily anticipate like who had jaden mcdaniel being a really good defensive player when he was drafted right a, a lot of times or ben simmons for that matter right a lot of times these yeah. guys can evolve that way um a guy i did really like though uh, was uh, christian coloco In the second round, like some of the shot blocks that he had were really, really impressive. Like he gets off the ground quickly. He'll surprise guys from behind. Like he's not a nuclear athlete, but he has a lot of length. And he like he doesn't jump that high, but he jumps quick. uh, Is kind of how I would characterize it. Like he's not going up and smashing alley-oops but he also can like get off the ground quickly for shot blocks i think he's going to be an elite shot blocker i was pretty impressed by him i don't know where where the offense is going to be and he's also 22 already but he was the guy that i thought was the best shot blocker that i saw in summer wow okay
2: okay he did Uh, when i when i I watched toronto he did he just wasn't i don't remember he he was out that day or
1: like he didn't yeah
2: i saw him the wrong day basically is what i'm saying yeah I, I, I mean
1: he, when i i when i watched his shot blocks i'm like oh like he's like D- these are elite plays i i was mm-hmm. pretty impressed by that and may, maybe you won't turn that into anything but the, he's still be in a good system there the best rookie or, actually we'll rephrase it here i guess now that we've seen summer league who do you think will be the best rookie from the second half of the first round? like best career
2: best career from the second half
1: yeah or you could say this year too whatever you want
2: huh uh so i i mean i think Tari Eason will probably have the best season this year
1: yeah um he's a little older too at 21 right now
2: yeah and i just i just don't know where like where his career goes like does he end up having like a reuben patterson type career um i could definitely sort of see that i'll say i'm still gonna go with blake wesley since i had him number 11 on my board
1: He's my guy too.
2: Yeah. uh, Especially some of these late first rounders I wasn't all that excited about anyway. So I'm going to stick with Blake Wesley, even though his his summer league performance disappointed me in some ways.
1: Um, Yeah, and Walker Kessler didn't play. He's probably another pick that I liked a fair amount in that second half. Um, A.J. Griffin
2: also uh, did not play.
1: Yeah, great point. So... All right, th- now uh, the portion of the show that you've been slobbering over your keyboard waiting to get <laughs> to. Uh, who is the best sleeper that you saw? Rookie, second round, or undrafted?
2: Oh, it's got to be Josh Minot. I had, him, uh, <laughs> I had him number 10 on my board, and he went uh, 46, I think, to Minnesota. Um, uh, Forty fifth.
1: 45. 45,
2: yeah. Yeah. So. He was good. I mean, he definitely There's still some weaknesses in his game. He has to shoot the ball better, uh, but I think he has a really good feel at both ends. And I think, so I think there are some things to build on there. Uh, I I think he's going to be a good player in time. Uh, He's a one, you know, one and done. And I, I think Minnesota got a little bit of a steal there, so I'm really interested to see how he how he develops. He's uh, a, you know, he's my new Paul
1: Reed. He he's got a lot of athleticism, and I thought his the defensive versatility, making plays as the four man on the back line uh, against pick and rolls that were happening up top was really impressive. And I thought it, actually moving his feet, getting into guys on the perimeter, he even showed some ability to do that. And you know, he can certainly. I, I think he finished poorly around the rim in summer league, but a lot of that was due to lack of. Strength strength i think he's gonna he's gonna get there with that aspect so the question will be the shooting i mean his right elbow really kind of flies out right now so that that's a little bit of a concern i think he's gonna have to rework that some To but he he looked comfortable taking it at least um a few others i'll nominate out there uh coloco i already mentioned kennedy chandler to me looked like he's a little undersized but elite athlete good passer pushes in transition uh gets a lot of steals defensively and you know his jumper looked awful he shot 60 percent from the line in college so i think that's going to be the issue but i think at minimum you're talking about kind of like an ish smith tj mcconnell style point guard with the potential to be more if he can iron out the jumper
2: yeah uh jabari walker from portland also had a very good summer league
1: yeah he he was really impressive um uh, Kendall Brown was another guy that I liked pretty well out of Baylor. See, I,
2: I, liked, I liked him a lot. I had him in my top 20 entering the draft. I don't know why he fell to 48. I think he's probably going to end up on a two-way this year. Uh, I I think he's re- he has to get better offensively like on a lot of levels, but he's got enough tools where you can see it happen.
1: Yeah, he's got a lot of pop. Came out after his freshman year uh, with the Pacers. And then uh, uh, number 46 pick, the, the Nuggets traded for this guy, Ismail Kamagate. And uh, I thought he had just a, another guy who – has a lot of raw shot blocking potential. Made a couple of mid-rangers as well. He was very underutilized offensively. And, you know, obviously you're not going to run anything through him. But I, I think he could be like a solid defensive center. Uh, you know, so at 46, uh, that seems reasonable. He's, he's out of France. Slim Pickens for this category. Best sophomore.
2: Yeah, I think Summer League needs to retire Trey Murphy's number.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's probably the guy who played, played the best here. Uh, but I, I did want to. I mean, really, I think they are only. You know, who are the other candidates? Even like Moses Moody had one huge game, but Moses it also Moody struggled Josh, at times.
2: Josh Giddy was, you know, just screwing around, basically, right? Like he was. Well, uh,
1: okay, so this is. I had another category here. I guess we'll just get to it now, which is most okay. overrated summer league, and I, oh. had, I had Giddy, <laughs> Giddy there because like he, he's another one of the, these guys where. He's on the ball. Incredible passer. Might be a top ten passer in mm-hmm. the NBA right now. In transition, he can push it. He can finish at the basket. I mean, can you give me better than forty five percent true shooting in summer league? Right. W- like, yeah. like, like if you're too good for summer league, shouldn't you be hitting? Uh, you know, better than one out of fourteen from downtown. You know, I thought actually his mid range game looked like it regressed. His jumper was extremely inconsistent, and then. I thought even at the summer league level, like his defense atrocious, like he can't get in a stance or move laterally at all like he's actually a pretty good athlete going forwards and backwards, but he just cannot go side to side in the slightest. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm I, I'm actually I mean, I think he's going to get a lot of chances. He's a great pure passer. And, you know, he's going to be enjoyable to watch here, but I also am going to kind of like, all right, he's not going to be a good enough scorer to put the ball in his hands in the half court, I don't think. You know, he's going to, his standstill jumper did not look good, so he's going to muck up the spacing for Shea. And, you know, maybe Jalen Williams, uh, when, if he's ready to take a step forward as a ball handler, I'm just, I'm a little worried about him. I wanted to see more, particularly given the low level of competition, I wanted to see more of him as a score. And then also, like, to be so bad defensively. I mean, that was just a a concern for me, too. So, I'm actually, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm worried about him. And this is going to piss a lot of people off, especially, uh, I've noticed that Australian fans don't take it too well when you don't. Uh, you're not as high on Australian players as everyone else seems to be, and you know again he's an unbelievable passer, but it's just the fit issues I think are to be a problem. Um, but I, I don't know. What do, what do you make of that? You, am I being too harsh on him?
2: I just with second year guys, I just summer league is a weird thing because some of them are trying to do different things or taking it more or less seriously than than other I, guys. I mean, are. it seems and like they're I don't, t- and I don't
1: even, it, like a ton of games. Like, yeah, I just I.
2: I, I struggle with second and third year guys using summer league as like much of a, uh, yeah. much of a, much, uh, much of, of a barometer.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. But uh, so I guess what I would say is it's not like I didn't have these concerns before now.
2: See, that's, that's fair. Cause you, you like, I'd say qualitatively is probably better than quantitative from, yeah. from, from, uh, from an evaluation perspective, given how few games they play. So there were some things you were concerned about and none of them got better. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's a, he's an unbelievable... This might have been the best passing Summer League everyone ha- anyone's ever had. He was a, summer, average almost... Yeah. yeah.
2: So, some of the passes he made, I, like, that's where I was coming from. Like, some of the passes were completely yeah. ridiculous.
1: He, I, I mean, Summer League is not exactly a high-assist environment... And he was averaging almost ten assists in like twenty five minutes a game, like that's pretty insane. But uh, other than that, I'm just not sure what the the quality skill is. Um, here's another question I had for you. Mm-hmm. At this point in time, this is another guy who I was uh, kind of disappointed in terms of his summer league. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder took Josh Giddey at six over Jonathan Kaminga. Who would you want out of those two guys as of now?
2: Ooh, I would probably still go with Giddey just because if he sh- if he shoots, the high end outcomes are are still pretty darn good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What were your thoughts on Kaminga after the summer league?
2: I didn't get a long look at him. And I, you know, I, I guess he didn't change my, nothing happened that caused me to change my priors coming in. I think he's, he's an athletic mistake prone player who needs to still improve his skill level. Some, and you know, can he be like, can he be a rotation player this year for the Warriors? I think he probably can. Can he get to the point where he's, solid enough that he's a like a real starter. I think that's that's definitely still in the picture. Yeah. Um and maybe there's, you know, there's a right tail of that that's still really good, right? But there's there are some things he has to get better at first.
1: Yeah, I thought that just his handle for his size and athleticism is really good. And that enables him to get downhill and get to the foul line a ton. Didn't actually make any of his free throws. I mean, the shooting <laughs> was one of the most uh, disappointing things where where it's – especially this free throw stuff, I mean, which is a problem yeah. all last year too. Like, that makes you start, – you're starting to worry that, like, he's just never going to shoot. And then mm-hmm. – I thought on defense, his individual defense, staying in front of guys was awesome, but he also off the ball, he makes like no plays at the rim for a guy with his athleticism. Uh, But like he's made some strides, right? Like his individual defense and technique at this time last year was atrocious and now nobody can get by him. So I, I thought like that's that was pretty impressive, but I'm just, and like he really floated through some games, like the first game against the Knicks, he's like clearly didn't want to be there. He'd just gotten back from like Congo and like, you know, he's had some attitude issues. I think at being a little entitled given what he's accomplished in his career, you know, confidence is great, but also like you need to actually earn the right to be that confident. I probably would still go with Kaminga just because of his athleticism and my fit concerns about Giddy. Like I do think that you know, like, if Kaminga figures out the shooting, then he's going to be like a monster, right? Like, whereas i, I Giddy, I think, is always going to have these athletic limitations that put a pretty hard cap on him. Although, median career, you know, maybe Giddy is better. I'm, I'm actually just not that high on either of them right now, though. I would say, <laughs> right,
2: right, That's okay.
1: Fair. Uh, five more minutes here, too good for summer league.
2: So, uh, we talked about Trey Murphy, uh, Moody, uh, Quentin
1: Grimes, yep, he was my guy there too. Uh, really, just and I, the one thing I liked about him was he got to the rim more than he did for the big team. Where where that was not something he did at all. He wor- worked well coming off of screens, off the ball. It just just a, a really solid player. Like you just a, a guy who's going to be a pro for fourteen years. Um, anybody else you thought had kind of an overrated summer league where you just saw people just going crazy? and You're like, I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> um, I mean, Chet was probably the the standout thing where I, where I think right. people got a little ahead of themselves. Um, yeah. People got a little excited about Jaden Hardy, who I thought was just ad- yeah. just exactly as bad as he was in but, G League.
1: Well, well, he had he had an amazing first game, and then he yeah. was so bad the rest of the way. Yeah, uh, go- going against a pretty bad—I can't remember who he played in that first game, but it, the the matchup was pretty.
2: Yeah, so that that would probably be one uh, for me. Uh, hard hard pressed to. Z- I mean, a lot of these guys who were reaches in the twenties and thirties did really kind of struggle in summer league. So
1: yeah. Um, most underrated summer league. A guy you didn't necessarily hear people talking about who kind of stood out or at least you're higher on than the consensus. Uh,
2: we talked about Santi Aldama. I thought uh
1: Miles McBride from New York. He was on my list too. Yeah. He Hitting had a some nice... breeze off the dribble. Like it was looking yeah. pretty good.
2: Yeah. so he was like cuz at West Virginia, he was like a 3 and D guy even though he was a point guard and he was able to play more of that role, I thought. In, in summer league, but he was also able to do enough on the ball because he like couldn't get any separation at all last year. I thought that really hurt him. And I thought he was able to do enough on the ball and dribbling the ball where he was at least something of a threat that way. And that enabled him to do his other stuff and have it be additive rather than the only thing he could do. Uh, I, I thought he had a really nice summer league.
1: Yep. I agree with that. This is a guy who I think because he shot it incredibly poorly, which isn't necessarily his MO, like he shot it better in other circumstances, but I thought he did everything else well. It was kind of overshadowed by how poorly he shot on a really shitty jazz summer league team was Jared Butler. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you know, he couldn't hit, he couldn't hit a three off the dribble that, you know, I think he was like nine of 40 on threes off the dribble or something like that. But I thought he got into the ball and defended and I thought he passed the ball exceedingly well, again, on an under talented team, you know, he was supposed to be kind of just this one-dimensional scorer type and no he showed more point guard skills than I expected and he did more defensively so I I think if he can make shots which that's what he's supposed to be able to do yeah I I think he could have a a decent career still where I think a lot of people are probably down on this guy because he's they saw that like his his efficiency was awful
2: yeah I'm so I'm a fan of his I had a lottery rating on him last year and I I really like his handle. Uh, he's he's not super athletic, but I think he's athletic enough. I think he can defend. I think he will shoot better than he showed in Summer League. So, yeah, I think there's something to build on there. And looks like he might have a lot of playing time headed his way, too, <laughs> depending on how things shake out in Utah.
1: Oh, man. Uh, okay, guy that you were way higher on that you would like to take a premature victory lap on. Is that Josh Minot? For you
2: uh yeah that would probably be my best my best victory lap from this draft I think uh you know Ryan Rollins yeah. unfortunately didn't play I really liked him uh would have been interested to see him for uh for Golden State but yeah so I'll yeah I'll go with I'll go with Josh Minot for sure
1: yeah and sadly Shaden Sharp didn't play so I'll have to go with uh, with Keegan Murray on that one uh pick that you completely didn't understand that was
2: confirmed well we've already talked about yeah. Johnny Davis so I will also say Nikola Jovich
1: yeah, it, it, he didn't show a ton. Uh, I thought he's he's sort of like a Nemanja Bielitsa who can't pass, and also <laughs> maybe can't shoot and doesn't have the same feel. And uh, right, but, like, he's and kind of that similar physical profile.
2: I know, and he just doesn't fit the Heat's DNA at all. Like I was just scratching my head when that pick was made, like waiting for the trade to be announced. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Because like I was like, I was like, this is the least Miami pick I've ever seen. Yeah. although um, they did
1: trade for Nemanja Bielitsa and then they hated him okay but yeah that's true uh, and then the other one would it would have to be uh number 34 overall pick jalen williams where i just didn't like just that level of athleticism as a big i just didn't really don't really understand it particularly on this okc team i don't see it um most enjoyable player to watch:
2: kevon harris from minnesota who signed a two-year two-way with orlando Uh, dude
1: he had this Uh, huge lefty dunk at the end of the game against Denver when I was sitting on the baseline in Cox where I was like, oh shit.
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Went to Stephen F. Austin, pretty good athlete, can shoot it. Uh, was pretty good in the G League last year. I would definitely keep an eye on him. Uh, he's going to be on a two-way for Orlando. I'm sure he's going to get his chances. So, interested to see how this story turns out.
1: Yeah, and although I expressed skepticism about uh, his ability at the highest levels and like how he's going to fit in, I mean, the mountain man from Colorado State, David Roddy. I mean, that guy, I, <laughs> I just really enjoy that game. Obviously, uh, um, Kenneth Williams, uh, or, or Kenneth Lofton, sorry, would, would have to be in there. As well, but Roddy, I mean, just at six five, six six, like 250 but yep. pretty good explosion, like ha- has some shooting and passing ability. I thought he's a little bit better than advertised defensively, moving his feet and getting his hand in there on occasion to contest. Uh, so, I-, I mean, i still wonder about like how it's going to work with And He's a little older too. And, you know, I would kind of like it if you were in a situation where, because he's probably going to be guarded by like some guard a lot, like where they're just like, okay, you just go down here and absolutely mash this guy. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be available to him on the big team but i just like he's just such an interesting looking guy also like his story uh, like his reaction when he got picked that video was, sure was pretty cool so um the uh Who's just looking like rock solid where you're just like, all right, this guy's going to be a solid NBA player. Maybe not spectacular, but just like a, a guy who we think is going to be a rock. Uh,
2: the good Jalen Williams from Oklahoma City, I, yeah. I would say.
1: Was, yeah, I, was, I, I think I might even have him a little bit above there in terms of solid just due to, due to his uh, athleticism. But yeah, um,
2: a guy who I wasn't that high at entering the draft, who I thought actually looked
1: pretty good in summer league. O'Shea Akbaji from Cleveland. Yeah. You, you know, he, uh, he was close to being on, uh, I, I have another guy on this list, but yeah, he just looked like a normal, like NBA shooting guard. Again, you kind of wish he had a little bit more size. Uh, and, but yeah, at number 14, you're probably not going to get like this elite three and D type of talent. But I think he can defend his position well at the two. Maybe if he gets a little stronger, switch on to some threes at times. And, you know, just be a a really, I think he's going to be at least a solid shooter. I don't know about elite, but it just looks like, yeah, a guy is just going to be a solid NBA shooting guard. You know, that's what he looked like. Uh, My pick there was Ty Ty Washington. I just thought he looked better than advertised. His second half of his season was ruined by an ankle injury. Number 29 to the Rockets. He's got good size. I, I love his handle. I think he's going to become a pretty good shooter in time. He's got a good mid-range game, knows how to operate, gets to spots and pick and roll. And he's not an elite athlete and finisher, you know, I I don't... But I think he's someone who could be kind of a lower-end starting point guard for a while. You know, not elite defensively, but I, I think he has pretty good intelligence. But, like, just watching him, you're like, yeah, like, this guy is kind of operate, and especially for a freshman, it was impressive, just operating on a different level of control and calmness than your typical summer guy.
2: Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, he was really good for Kentucky in January before that ankle injury happened, and I think he was tracking to get picked much higher, and that was a really good value pick, I thought, for Houston.
1: Um, how do you feel about the backup point guard competition between him and Daisha Nix in Houston? So uh, I thought Nix I- actually showed a little something, too. You're not a fan of him? I.
2: He was, Nix was pretty good in the G League last year. It's like, I wouldn't completely forget about him, but I would I would give Washington the first crack at it.
1: Yeah, I I think that's fair. Uh, But Nix, I I think he's really improved his body. I think he's improved his spot up shooting. I don't think he's going to be an off the dribble guy, but I think he can make an open spot shot now. And he just kind of, he doesn't have elite quickness, but he kind of just, you know, if he gets a shoulder past you, he's able to use that. And I thought his explosion at the rim looked a little bit better as well like he can kind of get get to spots get to the basket with that big body so i think there's still a little something there uh with him i I think both those guys are gonna be decent players
2: can we get Knicks and david roddy on the same team
1: (laughs) oh man all right well i think that's time sorry sorry anything else you had there
2: yeah No. no 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 just gonna Uh, riff on something stupid (laughs)
1: all right well we'll have to save uh your stupid riff for next time in in that case and uh, we'll probably be back again in in two weeks give or take uh, as we get into a little bit more of vacation mode but thanks so much for listening you can also catch john and i on spotify live most of the time that'll be at 3 eastern 12 pacific on wednesday but we're about to do one right now so that'll come out if you don't catch it live comes out a day or two later where we just take some questions on spotify live so we're gonna go do that right now and we'll talk to you all in a couple weeks here
0: every day our world gets a little more connected but a little further apart but then